Commander Shepard has been recovered. The Lazarus Project will proceed as planned. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Lazarus Project podcast. In this episode, Craig, Tim, and I will be doing a special episode where we'll be playing a very fun game of Would I Lie to You? Now, this is a Mass Effect podcast discussing all of its characters, its lore, its theories, and all popular opinion. The podcast itself is recorded live in the Ploppy54 Gaming Discord server, and please feel free to come join us there to listen to live, raw, and unedited versions of all the podcasts and details that can only be found there. And please feel free to leave any comments or opinions you have on the show. Now, to start off with, my name is That Cerberus Guy, a.k.a. Manning, and joining me today, as always, are Tim. Hello. And Craig. Hello there. And again, in this episode, we will be playing a fun game of Would I Lie to You? And if you don't know what that is, we'll explain it really quickly before we dive in. But before we get into all of that, I do believe we have a little bit of news to get to first, and then the fun starts. BioWare has moved its Star Wars The Old Republic uh, MMO uh, to a new studio. So the. Uh, uh, the game's going to be developed now by Broadsword, I think it is. I think and it is. They've, um, they've had to lay off a few people, but I think they are transitioning over to Broadsword. So it's, it, it, from what I saw on Twitter, there was a, a couple of people that uh, a bit sad that they're leaving Bioware, but they're staying on the game and then they're being picked up by Broadsword instead. Uh, so yeah, what what to your thoughts? Do you think it's going to make the game better, or do you think uh, the old republic is going to die? That's the question. I personally think it's a win-win because, on one hand, as someone who a loves Mass Effect and Dragon Age, but also has a couple thousand hours in Swotor, having Swotor have its own dedicated team to me means a there'll be more consistent content because i mean like you look before the legacy of the sith trailer last year or a year and a half ago whenever it was with malgus and that twilight what was the last cinematic trailer we got i mean like it was quite a while so swotor having its own dedicated team means that it'll get consistent to me anyway or fingers crossed what i'm hoping is that it'll get more it'll get dedicated a dedicated team means more content more regularly and on the other hand, Bioware, by shedding that, means that the entire Bioware team can focus solely on Mass Effect and Dragon Age and not have anything else to worry about, which, in my mind, hypothetically, should make Mass Effect and Dragon Age better for it. So to me, I think it's a win-win. But again, fingers crossed, and I hope I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I hope it doesn't kill it off. I hope that that they haven't picked up what is essentially a uh, like a money drain, or because it's 
it's free to play. It went free to play after about a year, didn't it? And it's it's survived for about what about ten years now, eleven years it's been going. It'll be twelve in. I think it came out September twenty. I know it came out in twenty eleven. I think it was September. I could be. I could have the month wrong. But either way, give or take a month, it's been twelve years. So they're going to be stuck with using the old engine. Otherwise, it's it it would look drastically different, wouldn't it? If they started changing all the the graphics. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, I think it's a little bit sad. I mean, I I also I, I do want to point out I did a bit of further research, and apparently. The majority of the Swotor team um, are still working on Swotor. They're going to move to Broadsword. Yeah. So I don't know necessarily if that makes the Bioware the 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 you know the now only main IP that Bioware has, like the big popular IP, Dragon Age and Mass Effect. I don't know how big of a positive impact it'll have on those um if it makes any improvement if like any of the team is staying to work on those projects that's great but originally i thought oh great that means the sword or team are going to focus on dragon age but no a lot of them are moving to broadsword anyway so you know how, how much of a positive impact is it going to have on dragon age and mass effect anyway no, well, I mean, like, it's just like, imagine, like, not even, not even a video game developer or a company. Just imagine you had like any job, like you were hired to do X and Y, but like once a month, you also had to just deal with Z, and it wasn't bad, and it's not like you hated it or anything, but it would be like once every four weeks, you'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna have to stay and work overtime because of this one thing that. I just have to deal with once a month kind of thing. Now that that's gone, all of your attention can be focused on what you were originally hired for. That's the way I'm looking at it. Are you saying that somewhat regularly they would be taken away to work on other Bioware projects? Because I didn't know that. I mean, I could be just talking out of my butt, but I'm just, as someone who's worked in not the video game industry, but in a similar industry for a while, like I'm 40 now and I've been doing it for quite a while. It's just like, that's to me seems like it's like the same kind of thing. It's like whatever job you do, if you're, if you're getting paid by the hour, your boss would rather pay you time and a half to work four hours of overtime than pay someone else full wage to do something that you could just do for 50% less for four or five hours of overtime extra a day. So by just taking that away and having it be its own thing means both should hypothetically be able to flourish. But yeah, they as a business model, they do take they they did take people from their jobs in order to get stuff out. So, <clears throat> for example, if uh, a Dragon Age was coming up to a release date or like uh legend edition should we say that was the latest thing that was coming out wasn't it um so when that was coming up to its release date literally everybody came from srotor and and dragon age and they all went on to mass effect to get it out they just left a couple of skeleton crew 
on the each of those frantic come over. So yeah, if you've not got that going on as well, you've got a dedicated team just to each of your franchise, then you're not going to have swarms of people. Then you've got to try and redirect and not by not you know get back up to speed of because they're there to try and help you out, try and get your your game out on time and stuff. So that could it could definitely benefit like Mass Effect and, and Dragon Age and speed up the development time as well. Because if you're pulling people off to go and help with the other franchise, then that slows the development down of of the one that you're leaving in the lurch. Yeah, exactly. And ideally it'll reduce workload and stress on everyone too, because like, again, if you have two people both working eight hours on different things, that's a lot, even though it's more expensive, it's a lot better than one person doing two things working like 13 or 14 hours a day, even though they're making time and a half or half of it. So it should, in theory, reduce stress and lead to faster development times and lead to a better overall product. Yeah. And just one last thing to end on. Um, I don't think if it helps assuage your fears or worries, Craig, I can't imagine SWOTOR dying. Like the I fact it's been, it's been 12 years and it's still going as strong as it is. I mean, like it's not going anywhere. And do you want, do you want my absolute number one reason why SWOTOR isn't going to die? My absolute complete nonsense BS reason why SWOTOR won't die? I never said I thought it would die. Oh, was that Tim then? I swear someone started it off by saying they were worried or wondering if it might die. No, I mean I said I said that it was a little bit it was it was a little bit sad that they weren't going to be associated with BioWare anymore and I said that I don't know if it would make any positive difference on Mass Effect and Dragon Age, but I never said I thought Swordtor would die. Okay, cuz I was just going to say the fact that Disney for when did they buy LucasArts was that 2014 2015 whatever it was almost a decade the fact that Disney has been treating Star Wars and trying to make everything as family friendly as possible like they even turned Boba Fett into like this super duper like charitable nice guy the fact that SWOTOR in SWOTOR like you can be like genocidal homicidal maniacs who like own slaves and force yourself on people the fact that Disney is cool with that just shows you how much money it must actually be making. Otherwise, that would have been thrown in the garbage the second Disney took over. It's an interesting way of looking at it. No, exactly. But tell me I'm wrong. Like, they, everything is so family-friendly. Like, it's not even... The recent movies are, never, aren't even PG-13. They're, like, rated E for everyone. But then in Swotor, like, you can cause mass genocide. You can take slaves. You can force yourself on people. You can do all sorts of, pardon my French, effed up ish the fact that disney's cool with that just goes to show how much money it must be making because they don't want to yeah. cut it off because they're like this is a valuable revenue stream <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i i never thought that the game was going to die i just thought i mean in fact i was actually going to work my way into saying that i'm not sure if it's going to make the game like better but I know it will at least keep things the same as how they are. No, and like I said, I mean, ideally, it would just be cool if we got, like, other than just, like, a random hotfix or a patch here and there, it would be cool if we got, like, a proper update 
more than once every two or three years. Yeah. Because, like, I was being legitimately honest when I asked, like, before the Legacy of the Sith trailer came out, what actually was the last SWOTO thing? Was it Knights of the Fallen Empire? Or was there something else in between? Um, there was Knights of the Eternal Throne. That was a pretty big update. Okay. But again, like, that just goes to show my point that it's been so long, I can't even remember what... Not only was Legacy of the Sith, like, 18 months ago, I don't even remember what the last update before that was. So again, hopefully now that it has its own dedicated team, we can have A, more content, B, better content, and C, content more regularly. Yeah, I'm just not entirely sure what it was that was stopping them from making content as regularly as they as, as they have been or have, have not been. I think it was a resource strain because it would be like, as big as SWOTOR was, it's like if Andromeda or Dreadwolf needed help, they were pulling people off of SWOTOR to come help. Now that it has its own dedicated... Now that Bioware can solely focus only on Mass Effect and Dragon Age, and also SWOTOR has its own dedicated team, both IPs, or I guess in all three IPs, should be able to prosper. I'm just going to reserve judgment because I did watch a video where somebody broke down broadsword's history of like games that they've they've put out and games that they've um provided updates for like they actually looked up broadsword and the other two games that they manage the other two online games and the updates were about as consistent as swator is currently so oh, I maybe I'm looking through it looking at it through rose colored glasses but I'm choosing to be glass half full not half empty yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see, though. Okay, so again, as I mentioned earlier, in this historic 13th episode of the Lazarus Project podcast, Craig, Tim, and I will be playing a game of Would I Lie to You? Now, if you're not familiar what that is, what we'll be doing is we will be taking turns saying three statements about how we play Mass Effect to the other two, and then the other two players will have a chance to ask the asker a couple questions and their job will be to try to discern which of the three statements is the lie and if you guess the lie correctly then you get a point if you don't you get nothing and at the end we'll see who has the best score and i guess we'll find out who had who has the best knowledge of the other players and again if you're playing along at home please feel free to play along and maybe you'll do better than any of us and maybe you know us better than we know ourselves with that being said let's get started so in mass effect one i a never give tally the data about the geth after the five missions in whatever that got that star cluster is b i always let garrus kill dr salion and c i never give rex his family armor which one is the lie can you see them again a i never give tally the data on the geth at the end of her loyalty mission in the first game b i always let garrus kill dr salion and C, I never give Rex his family armor. Uh, so, why don't you give Tally the data? 
basically for the same reason Shepard says, if you pick that option, where she says, she's like, he's like, or he or she's like, don't get me wrong, I really like you, Tally, but the Alliance and Corians aren't exactly BFFs, and I can't exactly just hand over classified information to a teenager on her pilgrimage that I literally just met a week and a half ago. Makes sense. Why don't you give... What? Sorry. I was just going to say, what, what, why do you give Rex his family armor? Because it's more of like a petty thing where like I don't... Like, Rex is kind of an interesting character where he comes across as both equally respectful but equally petty. And it's like, you'll try to have an honest conversation with him and be like, oh, I don't know anything about the Krogan. Why did you leave the Arlock system to become a mercenary? What's the genophage? I've never heard of it before. What is this? What is that? And he's just always like so petty and dismissive. He's like, oh, you don't know? He's like, just get out of my face. And I'm like, all right, well, screw you too. Then I don't care. If you're not even going to give me the time of day, why am I going to go out of my way to help you? And you always have Garrus shoots Dr. Salion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the thing, like Garrus, that's one thing. I don't always agree with Garrus, but that's one thing where I 110, like 10 million percent agree with him is that when he says, I forget the exact line, but he says something like, those people were dead anyway. It was worth it for CSEC to shoot that ship down just to stop him. And I was like, you know, the lizard bird kind of has a point. Didn't you say that you liked Rex? No, I mean, like, I have, he grows on me, but I, that doesn't mean that in the first game he's not super dismissive. And, like, the first time I played, I definitely kind of thought he was a dick because my shepherd was, like, genuinely trying to show an interest in him. And, like, it's just the way he came across, he's like, I mean, like, you can't just automatically assume, like, not everyone's going to know about the Krogan. And the humans had only ever seen an alien 26 years prior, and it wasn't a Krogan. So, I mean, Shepard's trying to show, like, I don't know if Olive Branch is the right way to put it, but Shepard is trying to show something to try to make a connection and talk to Rex. And just, like, at first, at least, he just comes across as, like, a douche. And I'm like, well, fine, if you don't want to talk to me, then I'm not going to, why would I go out of my way to help you if you're not even going to, I'm trying to get to know you, and you're shutting me down at every corner. I think I've got an answer. Yeah, I think I do as well. Okay, do you guys want to flip a coin to see who goes <laughs> first, and then I'll tell you what the lie is? Uh, I, I, I'll go first, I don't mind. I think that uh, the the first one, that you you never give Tally the data, I think that's the lie. Mm, okay. I think the family armor's a lie. You ready for the answer? Craig's right. I always give Rex his armor. I like the sound of that. See, I, I knew you liked Rex, and whilst what you were saying sounds like it could be true, you said never give him the family armor, so I don't really believe that. But yeah, I always give Rex his armor. Just like I always let Garrus shoot Dr. Salian, and I never give Tally the data on the Geth. But did you, at curiosity, not give him the family armor on your first playthrough? No, I did begrudgingly. It was definitely like, I can't emphasize the word begrudgingly enough, but I did give it to him. And then he warmed up. And then from there on, and then the funny thing was after I gave him the armor, I think that was right before Vermeyer. And then I was trying to be nice to him and uh, Ashley shot him in the back 
So it's like, all right, well, I guess that's a thing that happened. <laughs> it's like okay. I was frust I was like stressing over it for forever, and then Ashley just decided for me. Very good. It's interesting that you give the Gath parts to Tally, because of obviously how you feel so strongly about. The no, Geth. I don't. I never give the death. Yeah, <laughs> I never give the Gath data to Tally. Oh, was that the statement? Yeah, that was the thing. It was A was I never give the Geth data to Tally. B was I always let Garrus kill Salion, and C was I never give Rex's armor. So C was yeah, the I... lie because I always give Rex's armor, but I never give Tally the Geth data. If I can't make peace, like and I said, I've said it before yeah. and I'll say it again. To this day, and you would not believe how the lengths I've had to go to to avoid it, I have still never seen in Mass Effect 3 the cutscene of what happens if you pick the Quarians over the Geth. I'm assuming Tally shoots Legion, or if Tally's dead, that Ron shoots Legion. I have yeah, never seen that cutscene, and I never want to see it. I'm pretty sure Tally stabs Legion, because Legion tries to kill Shepard. Yeah, again, again, I don't know what happens, and I don't want to know what happens. <laughs> if I can't make peace, I always side with the Geth. Yeah, I got that right uh, mixed up in my head. That's why I was thinking, oh, yeah, I know this one, because I know how he feels about the Quarians. Just so you know, I am, I am going to keep score for us. Okay. Being, being... It has nothing to do with the fact that I just earned a point. <laughs> well, I was going to say, should we give Timoth sympathy point if he just honestly thought I said it backwards? No, 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 it's play fair. Plenty more rounds yet. Do you get extra points if people don't guess your lie? Well, I mean, unless I'm missing something obvious, the simplest thing would be a point if you get it and no points if you don't. Yeah, so if none of us, if me and Craig hadn't guessed your lie, then you would have got the point. Well, I would assume I would have gotten nothing, and then I would have my chance to earn points when you and Craig ask questions. Well, that way you fooled us both, haven't you? If we both guessed incorrectly... You fool. Okay, us. well, yeah, okay. If you want to do it that so way, you if you both, point. if someone, if both people get it wrong, then the person who asks gets a point. Are yeah. you cool with that, Craig? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, that way well, somebody yeah, sure, always gets a point that. in the round, doesn't it? Uh, do you want to go next, Craig? I'm looking forward to all the people in the comments calling me nasty words when they find out that I literally never give Tally the data. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny, though, because that literally. It never even comes up in the second game. That's the thing that always kind of bothered me. All the loyalty missions in the first game never get touched on again. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah, I am ready. So the first one is Ali died on my first Mass Effect playthrough. The second one is my first Shepherd was female. And the third one is, I was brought to tears once watching Morden's Sacrifice. Oh, can you just repeat those? I think it's uh, just okay. cut out there. Sorry. Um, just let me know if I do cut out. So my first one is, Tali died on my first Mass Effect playthrough. The second one is, my first Shepherd was female. And the third one is I was brought to tears once watching Mordin's sacrifice. Ooh. Okay, I've already narrowed it down to two. So, was it when, did you shoot Morden, or was it when he actually um, sacrificed that brought you to tears? It was when Morden actually sacrificed himself. When your first shepherd was a female, 
was it because you were worried that if you played as a male, you'd be trying to, even if it was unintentionally, imprint yourself on it? So you're like, if I play as a girl, then I can like truly have like a free, unhindered playthrough? It was more just because you don't really get enough female characters in RPGs, I feel. And I wanted to, you know, go with the proper role-playing experience, I guess, where I really am somebody else. And I suppose that is kind of similar to your answer, but it's... it's it, so, like, it you, were, does help. you were never worried that you'd be making choices as Craig and not as Shepard then? Oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, were you, like, at any point, were you worried that if you had picked a male shepherd for your first playthrough, that there would have been, like, there wouldn't have been that disconnect? And you'd be like, I'm going to do what I would do, as opposed to what Shepard would do. Yeah, I mean, that was a part of it. But it was, yeah. Yeah, essentially. Hmm. Did your tally die because of you didn't have her loyalty, or was it because you screwed up and picked someone to do something else that you shouldn't have? Tally died because I couldn't make peace between the the guests and the Corians. Oh, so we're okay. So we're past the suicide mission then. Yes. So we're in like full on by Felicia territory then. Yeah. Okay, I have my answer. You started on you started on Mass Effect three, didn't you? For your, I did. So was Tally already dead, or was uh, was she? Uh, did you did you have Tally as part of your crew for Mass Effect three? Well, actually, Tally was with my crew. With your crew, yeah. And what and and what do you prefer playing? Do you prefer as a female ship or as a male ship? Oh, definitely female. Definitely female. What paragon or renegade? Uh, usually paragon. Paragon. If I may interject yeah. for like two seconds, this is completely pointless. But just because Craig brought it up, I all, it's kind of it's one of those things that like it's completely pointless, but pointless, but it's kind of interesting. Did you know that apparently when the Legendary Edition came out, according to Bioware's numbers, people who played the game, FemShep and BroShep, was about 50-50, give or take a couple percentage points. But people who streamed the Legendary Edition, it was 85-15 for FemShep. I like playing as FemShep. Renegade FemShep, I think, is uh, my favorite. Proper badass. I don't... Renegade BroShep remind... I don't know if you have it in the UK, I'm sure you do, but Renegade Broshep reminds me so much of Archer that it's just, like, hilarious. Do you want Geth? Because this is how you get Geth. <laughs> what are you thinking, Tim? I'm, th I'm, I'm, I'm ready for an answer. But you seem quite confident in you, so I'll... Uh, mine's a bit of a wild stab in the dark, but I think... Uh, I think the tally uh, answer is the lie. Okay, I'm going to sound incredibly stupid if I'm wrong, but the second you said it, I immediately discounted option three, and I'm going to go with option two as the lie. 
because I do believe that your tally did die the first time you played through it. And again, three, I immediately threw out. So that only leaves me with two. So I'm calling two, you played as a female shepherd. That's the lie. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Drum roll. The lie, <laughs> the lie was that my first shepherd was female. Oh. I, I knew it. Yes. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I, I've made all the mistakes on, on my first Mass Effect 3 playthrough. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, oh you've, you've got like three and she's already dead, but now she can actually die in Mass How does 3. that actually work? Because I've never done that. I've always, every playthrough I've done, I've always started with the first game. If you just, like, boot up three and say, I want to make a new character, does it have, like, a comic book kind of thing, like how the second game does where you have to make a bunch of decisions to like set the, it up or how does that work? The legendary edition does. Um, and in, the third, the third one does as well. If you have the right downloadable content, I think, but I, I didn't have it. I didn't have any downloadable content. I just had the base game. Yeah. So like, how does that work then? Cause there's, there's literally 12 people who may or may not be alive or dead based on what you did in the game. You didn't play. Um, it basically just picked a bunch of things for me. So, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rex was in it, so that was still cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know in as far as carrying over the point system works, but I didn't have enough points, <laughs> so maybe I did have to play the first two games. All right, so it's my go, yeah. Yep. All right. It is indeed. Uh, so, because we've got a a, a a guest coming up in a future podcast, uh, my first statement is: uh, for the past few days, I've started to blitz Andromeda uh, from start to finish. Uh, the second, or B, uh, I enjoy Mass Effect 3's ending. Or C, I never use biotics in Mass Effect One. Can you say the first one again? Sorry. Uh, over the past couple of days, I've started blitzing through Andromeda from the start. Okay, and the other two? And the other one. Uh, the second one is I enjoy Mass Effect 3's ending. And the last one is I never use biotics in Mass Effect 1. Okay, so straight off, I can eliminate one of them. If you don't use biotics, what's your preferred class? Uh, soldier or, class. Or, or tech. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I use tech as well, but yeah, I prefer soldier class. Mass Effect 1. When you say you don't use biotics, do you always do the mission on the moon so you can get your specialty class, or do you kind of ignore it? Because especially on higher difficulties, those drones can be a nightmare. Uh, no, I, I I do it. I know I don't play on higher levels, so <laughs> I play it for you know the, to enjoy the story. I don't play to get really cross and throw my control pad across the room. That doesn't mean I play on like story mode. I mean I play on normal, but Sorry, can you repeat what option B was? Uh, I enjoy Mass Effect 3's ending. Okay, I know one for sure is wrong. I'm stuck on the other two. <laughs> it's uh, the one that's wrong that you're looking for. Well, I don't want to say anything to give Craig a <laughs> leg up, but I know for 100% one of them is wrong. Just like I knew for 100% one of Craig's was wrong. Okay, I have, I'm not, I'm only maybe 6 out of 10, but I have an answer. Do you have a rough 
okay, actually, what point in the story did you get to in Mass Effect Andromeda? Uh, so I've got as far as where you get to the Nexus the first time. So I've started only started so like fifteen days. minutes into the game. <laughs> well, no, because you've got those missions at the start, haven't you, with your dad and that? So he's dead now. Wait, hold on. Uh, Alec Ryder dies. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I'm ready. Okay, like I said, I'm only about sixty percent, but I do have an answer. <laughs> okay, who's going to go first? Do you want me to roll a die, Craig? I have. Her. Yeah, go on then. Roll a die. Okay, hold on. Okay, I have a d6. If it's an even number, you go first. If it's an odd number, I go first. I got a five, so I'm going first. Um, I'm going three. Or sorry, two is the lie. Two. Uh, I enjoy Mass Effect 3's ending. Yes, because I'm friends with you on um, EA, and I have never seen. I haven't seen you play Andromeda in like two months, unless you've done it in like the two hours a night I sleep. <laughs> and I feel like you're just slightly weird enough that you would do a bioticless playthrough. So I feel like you didn't enjoy Mass Effect 3's ending. Okay. And uh, Craig? I think that the Andromeda one is a lie, the first one, because I've seen you play up until the Liam loyalty mission. So I know you've gone further than that. Yeah, you've saved the Moshai. <laughs> okay, uh, so the answer is... Drum roll, please. Ooh, maybe you could edit in the drum roll there or something. Hanging in space with a jazz trio. Now coming with the bass. Or the Final no Fantasy VII victory music. Da -da -da -dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I wonder if, um, if uh, I could lie to you, it's actually got some. It must have like some theme tune or something, doesn't it? Like, if we could pinch that anyway um the answer is uh, it's number one uh, i intend to start playing andromeda from the beginning and to blitz through it before we get the interview uh, but no is i'm not, not cheating because started. you said you originally said i have blitzed through it and then now you're saying i shall blitz through it yeah that's a lie i haven't okay fair enough <laughs> that's the whole point yeah, no, I intend to, but I haven't actually started yet. So, so you enjoyed Mass Effect 3's ending? I do, yeah. Yeah, I always pick Destroy, but I really enjoy it. To me, that's okay, hold a on. Thing. Quick caveat. Did you always enjoy it, or did you only enjoy it after the extended cut? No, I always enjoyed it. Yeah, I quite liked it. I, I was quite fortunate that I picked Destroy as my first ending. I tried the other two, and... I've always just gone back to destroy after I tried the other two. I thought, no, actually, destroy is the best ending. It, it does wrap it up nicely for me. Are you that psychotic, yeah. that one psychotic sociopath who makes peace between the Geth and Quarians and then destroys them? Yep. Like, why even bother? Because <laughs> uh, you don't see a body. Everybody knows that in TV and film. And what about Edie? Edie's had your you, back for two whole games. You don't see a, a dead Edie body. You're you only to told. It. You're only told Craig, by back me up. 
by a little yeah. ghost child that's like, oh, if you, if you go for destroy, then then it will be, you know, Edie will die and stuff. I was like, well, show me the body then. No body, it didn't happen. Okay, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Just think back to any TV or film you've, you've seen, and, you know, they always get back up for one last surprise if you don't see the body. But, yeah, Craig gets the point on that one. Wait, so can we can we just quickly... How many rounds have we done so far? One each. And Manning, you got a point, didn't you, on, on, my, on my one? I got a point on yours, and I missed on Tim's. Okay, so the, the tally at the moment is two for me, one for you, and none for Tim so far. I believe that's right. Yeah. Okay. We can edit and post. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for my question number two, let me see what I wrote down. Okay, so my question number two centers entirely around Mass Effect 2. So, which one is the lie? A, I always give Pitney 4 the records on his illegal activities on Ilium so he doesn't get, get arrested. B, in Jack's loyalty mission, I always force her to shoot Arresh. Or C, on at the bar on Ilium, I always shoot Conrad Werner in the foot. Why do you shoot Conrad Werner? Probably for the same reason everyone else does, because he comes across as pretentious and he's talking down to you, even though he literally just ordered a set of plastic armor off of eBay and is now pretending he's a specter. I mean, like you're not intentionally injuring him. It's not like you're shooting him in the leg or you're shooting him in anywhere like it, where it could physically hurt him. You're like, like even Athena says that like barely graze your toe. You're fine, you big baby. Why would you give Pitney for the uh, the documents? Because I mean, like Ilium's a rough place, and sometimes you have to do what you have to do in order to survive. And I don't hold it against him if the eclipse sisters are too stupid to realize that what he was smuggling may or may not be dangerous that's on them i mean like do your research it's like if Even you if order if you order something paradigm. if you order something sketchy off of amazon and then it shows up and it ends up being sketchy i mean like part of that's on you Do you do you play as like a paragon or a renegade, or do you do do you play as? Do you... It depends on the character, but for the most part, I tend to lean. I guess I don't know if it's a perfect analog, but like the way I describe myself, like it's literally in my Twitter bio, is as a benevolent Sith Lord. Like I'm not evil, but I'm definitely not good either. Hmm. Conrad Werner. Do you like Conrad Werner? I think I'm probably the only person I know who doesn't kill him every time they play through the games. I intentionally go out of my way to make sure he lives because I think like the little 
even though it's only like 10 seconds long at the end of the third game when you do like that little side thing on in the refugee camp where him and Jenna like get together and they go out for a drink. I just think that's like super cute. And it's like one of the few times in the trilogy where you like genuinely feel good for someone because like, yes, he's an idiot, but I mean like he's harmless and he is trying to do good. For the most part, he's harmless rather. <laughs> uh, okay. I think I've got an answer. Third. So the third one was Comrade. The second one was Pitney 4. The first one was Pitney 4. The second one was forcing Jack to shoot a Resh in the head. What is it that you have against um, that one scientist? Well, first of all, I don't even know if he's actually is a scientist. He was a former prisoner there. And secondly, oh, sorry, yeah. I don't agree with him wanting to restart the Telton facility. And just because he's like, his like his logic is just flawed where he's like he's like they put me through this there has to be a reason and i'm like no there doesn't they could have just been dicks like there's a reason they were intentionally hiding it from the elusive man and the fact you want to restart it i mean like i don't care if you scare if you save a school bus full of kids in the third game if i let you live you're getting shot because that place should not be restarted okay i think i've got mine you want to go first? Sure. I think the shooting Conrad one is a lie. I've gone. I I think the uh, Pitney Four answer is a lie. And drum roll, please. Um, Craig is right. <laughs> I don't like this game. <laughs> <laughs> I always give Pitney for the data because I don't think he deserves to be arrested for what he did. And I always make Jack, even though she does, she kind of doesn't want to, after you force her to do it, when you talk to her after the fact, she thanks you for making her do it because she's like, there's no more loose ends. I'm finally free. The Conrad thing is like, yes, some have I shot him in the foot? Yes, but generally I don't. See, the, the whole answer contradicted your whole Pitney for statement said so you do you letting him get away with it and then when I what asked did you he about do that it, was so bad the, you said the that you're, you're pretty much an evil character evil. why would you let him get away with it if he's a, if you're the an eclipse, evil character the eclipse are first of all they're arguably 10 times worse than he is secondly if you buy something off of amazon and you don't like do the research to find out what it is you're actually buying that's not Amazon's fault. That's your fault. It's like if you buy, if if you have like a cute little fur ball of a kitten, and then you buy a grizzly bear. If the bear eats your cat, that's not the bear's fault. That's your fault. Conrad is the one where it's like, yes, he's an idiot. Yes, he's stupid, and yes, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. But it's just like willfully injuring him seems excessive. Like you can get your point across without shooting his toe off. Okay. Uh, is it Craig? You'll go. So my first one is I've never romanced Vetra in Mass Effect Andromeda. My second one 
is I actually got Comrade killed on my first playthrough. And my third one is Ashley was my first romance. Okay, I don't even need to ask a question for this. I already know my answer. Oh, that was quick. Uh, so when you, you say first romance, are you talking from the first time you played when it was Mass Effect 3, or are you talking from when you started the, the trilogy from the beginning? I mean my literal first romance in playing the games. Okay. Actually, hold on. Tim brings up a valid point. If you start with 3, can you romance Ashley, or do you have to romance her in 1 before you can romance her in 3? Yeah, you have to romance her in 1. That's why I think that one's the lie. Yeah, okay, that kind of changes my... Per okay, one of them I know was wrong, but that does kind of change my thinking. That's the whole point. <laughs> if you know it's wrong, then... <laughs> no, but that's not the one I thought was wrong. I'm not, no. sure, if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to answer that question. <laughs> okay, well, let me... Just for the sake of fun and having some fun with this, why have you never romanced Vetra? And if you say you're vegan, I'm blocking you. I basically just never really saw the appeal in romancing her. I mean, I kind of saw it in Garrus. You never saw the appeal of a female Garrus? No, because, I mean, I don't want to come across as space racist, but she just doesn't really have, you know, those body parts, you know? Okay, so she doesn't have boobs, is what you're saying. I'm trying not to say it, but... <laughs> well, it, just don't beat around the bush. Let's, she doesn't have boobs. <laughs> yeah. I'm a horny young man, leave me alone. <laughs> well, you're clearly not very well educated, because butts are better than boobs anyway. Although she was, she doesn't really have much of a side there, so maybe you might be onto something. Can you hear them again? Uh, yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it's the Ashley one. Yeah, I'm going the same way. There's no way because I'm just pretty sure that you said that Vetch was your first one. Yeah, and you can't before. romance Ashley in the third game unless you romance her in one. So, yeah, unless there's some kind of like weird thing where if you start with the third game that it lets you that I don't know about, then three has to be it. Well, you're both wrong because the lie was... Hang on. The lie was I got Comrade killed in my first playthrough. See, I kind of thought that that had to be it just because, like, if there was only one way for Conrad to die, that would be, some, that would be one thing. But there's legitimately, like, 57 ways to get him killed. <laughs> so I'm like... Like your first ever playthrough, you just you pick one wrong dialogue choice that doesn't even sound important, and then he like gets hit by a bus. Like it's just like someone in Bioware hated that character because you can kill him in some pretty inventive ways. So like I thought for sure that had to have been true because everyone accidentally killed Conrad at least once. Well, oh, I didn't. <laughs> I actually on my first playthrough didn't even interact with him. And he just never showed up. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, you need to speak to him. Oh, so you're getting the technicality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Ashley was my first romance. You can romance her in three. 
without playing the previous games. That must be a thing where, like, if you just play only the third game, because that dialogue, if you play one and two, that dialogue choice doesn't appear unless you romanced her in the first game. Yeah. Maybe it was. Unless I'm on crack, Liara is the only character that you can romance in three if you didn't romance her in one. Yep. Maybe it was a future update, but I played the Xbox 360 version and it let me romance Ashley. Okay. So. Uh, so the first one is I, uh, I push the Merc out of the window every time, even if I play as Paragon. Second one is I rewrote the Geth on my first playthrough. And the third one is I really enjoy Garrus's loyalty mission. His loyalty mission in two or one? In two. Okay. Sorry, I should have clarified that. Okay, well, again, I know for a fact one of them is wrong, so I have, I've narrowed it down to two. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same as you, Manny. Yeah, because one of them is, I'm sure, I'm not going to say it, but I'm 99.99999% sure Craig and I both know which one is obviously true. You're looking for the lie. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying if we can eliminate <laughs> okay. a truth, then it's a 50-50 as opposed to a one and three. What is it about Garrus' loyalty mission that you like? I, I like the, the thought of it being an eye for an eye. You know, you, you get that opportunity right at the end there. You can either you know, stay in his sights or you can step to the side or you can get, you know, get him talking and get him panicking and that. I really like that, that aspect of it. And to be fair, I was expecting something like that for... Thane? Thane, that's it. Yeah, I was expecting something like that from from Thane. So I'm really pleased that we got it with Garrus because, like, you know, you, got, you would have thought that uh, uh, Thane would have had like a sniper mission. When you do Garrus's loyalty mission, do you let him immediately take the shot, or do you let Sedonis like say his piece and then let Garrus make his mind up afterwards? It depends on what what kind I'm doing. If I'm doing a renegade one, I just let him take the shot straight away. I'm doing a Paragon one. Sometimes I might let him go. Sometimes I'll I'll let him speak, and then I'll let him take the shot. Sorry, what was your number two again? Uh, my number two is uh, I rewrote the Geth on my first playthrough. Okay, well, you for sure did that because you hate them. Okay, I know my answer. Well, just because Manning seems pretty confident, I know my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who's going to go first? I'll go first, and I'll apologize in advance. I just had a bit of a sneezing fit, but I think <laughs> I'm okay now. Um, but I'm saying three is the lie. Because I know you hate the Geth, so you rewrote them the first chance you got. And I think number one is obviously a true. And so I'm saying that you're too much of a softie for your alien Chewbacca space bro, that you didn't want him to become as nihilistic as your shepherd was. Okay. So you spared Sedona. Yeah, just through process of elimination. Um, I know you put, I know you push, push that guy out the window every time. Cause it's just too fun. Even the most um, paragon of paragons pushes that guy out the window. And yeah, I I know how 
you feel about the gaff, and I don't think you would have even seen it as brainwashing in your first playthrough anyway. So I think the third one is the lie. Uh, yeah, I really don't like Garrus's loyalty mission. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the whole build. I mean, the, the sniper bit's all right, but it's the whole build up to it. And uh, what do you call him? Fade turning out to be Harkin. Harkin. I thought it was just too contrived. It's like all the people they could have picked. You could have. My you only know, issue with Garrus' loyalty down. mission is just the that people. it's too long. Like, I get, like, it's kind of cool chasing Harkin, ar Harkin around that warehouse, but the warehouse didn't need to be that big. Like, they could have cut one or two sections out and nothing would have changed, but it just would have been more streamlined. So, yeah, point each. Yay. All right. Now, this one, this one might make you guys stretch your brains a little bit. Okay. So, which one is the lie? A, I always kill Balak during the Bring Down the Sky DLC. B, I always kill the council at the end of Mass Effect 1. Or C, I always make Udina counselor at the end of Mass Effect 1. I think I know this one. Can you say the last one again? I always make Udina counselor at the end of the first game. Why? Why, why uh, Udina counselor? I mean, like, I 100% get and understand why. 99% of the player base hates him. But at the end of the game, yes, in the third game, he turns out to be a dick and he sells you out. But in the first game, even though he is very abrasive and rubs you the wrong way, I mean, he's just... I mean, you have to look at it from his perspective. Humanity is being treated since the end of the First Contact War as second-class citizens. And he's doing everything in his power to at least try, even if he fails, at least try to get us on an equal footing. And whereas Anderson is just, I mean, like, let's just be, and everything Anderson touches turns to failure. He's a failed specter. He screwed up your mission with, if it wasn't for Tally, the first game never could have even happened because he screwed up your, he screwed up the whole thing with um, Saren so badly. Like Tally was like a deus ex, deus ex machina for you. Like, everything Anderson touches just turns to rust and rot. It's just, I can understand, even though I don't necessarily like Udina, I can at least understand where he's coming from. There's a reason when I steal the Normandy at the end of the first game that I always send Anderson to the docking base. So rather than Udina getting punched in the mouth, I, can get, I get to watch Anderson get shot, because that's way more <laughs> cathartic. So does that mean you kill the council in your Paragon playthroughs as well? Well, I mean, like, the council... Give me... Tell me, like, serious question. Tell me one time in legitimately any of the three games, other than, like, the two seconds after you kill Udina in the third game and save them, where the council is anything other than a hindrance to you. Go ahead, I'll wait. Yeah, you've you've said before that uh, that you don't uh, you don't really get on with the the council races. To clarify, I believe I said I hate all three of the original councillors. The second mm. three you get if you kill them in the first game 
are a lot more pragmatic and a lot more down to earth. And I, even if I don't necessarily empathize with them, at least I'm willing to talk with them. The first three counselors can all go take a long walk off a short pier. Yeah, I, I know my answer. See, I just don't understand why even in a Paragon playthrough, it's still... I still don't understand how in every Paragon playthrough you would still kill them. Because it's it's still like a... It's still a morally bad thing to do. And also, like, killing them, there's almost no consequence anyway. No, it, if you kill them, you get three counselors who are actually, who actually understand what's going on. They're not haughty, pretentious idiots who don't even believe the Reapers exist. At least the secondary council acknowledges facts when you present them with them. Well, in the second game, you get the promise of a human council, and then you just get another discount alien council. Yeah, and then they refuse to speak with you. But in the third game, um, Quentius... Hold on, let me make sure I get the names right. Quentius, Ishiel, and Erissa are way more down-to-earth and pragmatic than Tevos... Sparatus and Valarnar. And there you go. If you ever want to know how much of a Mass Effect nerd I am, I just named all six counselors. <laughs> I think I could name one. <laughs> I think I've got mine. Do you want to go first? I'm still not convinced that you always kill the council, so I'm going to go with the second one as your lie. Uh, we see, I'm going to go with the first one, which is that he always kills Balak. Because uh, I remember him saying he's had a, a debate many a time on whether you'd kill Balak and save four people or let someone go. No, you said spit. Wait a minute. What was the first one again? The first one was that I always kill Balak. You always and kill I Balak. will caution you by saying that some of these choices, I only know what happens because I've watched YouTube videos. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 let him go because letting him go, and if you kill him, no, wait a minute, that's the wrong way around, isn't it? If you kill him, you save the hostages, and if you let him go, he's going to do it again. And you would rather kill the hostages than risk him doing it again. So yeah, you always do kill him, and then. I think you you always keep you kill the council because of what you've said about the councillors. So it must be the third one then. Oh, I'm so sure about that. I've got a completely wrapped around me noggin. You can tell this like midnight, can't you? Third one. Can't remember what it was, but yeah, that one. <laughs> Do with Udina. The third one was that I always make Udina the councillor. Uh, yeah, I, I think you'd do that as well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll have to stick, I'll go with that. I'll stick with that one. I know you don't like Anderson. I can't see okay, why you'd make the lie is number two because I often I always kill Balak and I always make Udina the counselor, but while not always, I do oftentimes save the council just specifically so my shepherd can tell them off, tell them to shove it when they offer to reinstate me as a specter, and then say the elusive man was right. Just so the like your shepherd can go all the way off the rails if you're pro Cerberus in the second game and save the council in the first one. So to me, that's almost worth saving them just so you can like tear them a new one in the second game. It's a stupid game. Whose, whose idea was this? <laughs> See, I was, I was so, I was, I was literally crossing my fingers. Cause once you started talking about Balak and you're like, wait a second, 
Manning wouldn't care about four random people when there's like millions of people at stake. He'll let them die. And I was like, please go to the council. Please go to the council. You know I like Udina. And then you still <laughs> went with Udina. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Mac Walters, and you're listening to the Lazarus Project podcast. One of mine is I've actually Googled if you can romance Rex. Another one of mine is. Oh my I've god, never I have sh- a gift to show you. <laughs> Another one of mine is I've never shot Ashley. And another one is I bought the stupidly expensive Mass Effect helmet. Like the $220 real life helmet? Yeah. Okay, so um, number one was you Google searched if you could romance Rex? Yeah. Huh. Okay, I have I have what, an idea. What, what results did you get? Well, I mean, I got the straight up, no, you can't. <laughs> I'm now imagining Craig doing a secondary Google search trying to figure <laughs> out what a quad is. There was certainly some fan art involved. But yeah, I mean, there's obviously the straight up, no, you can't. I have all the good fan art if you want to see it. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to see that again. Okay, I have, I'm leaning pretty, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm leaning pretty heavily in one direction. Are you sure you don't want to hear the other options again? Well, it's, you Googled if you could romance Rex, you've never shot Ashley, and you bought the Mass Effect helmet. Those are the three. Just for the sake of argument, have you ever shot Caden? I actually haven't. Yeah. I can't really justify why I haven't, to be honest. Have you ever, even on like your most renegade of renegade playthroughs, ever completely ignored the Vermeer survivor in the hospital and never gone to see them once? Whether I've it's never, Caden or Ashley? I've never completely ignored them, no. Okay, that kind of definitely makes me lean one way. <laughs> okay, I have my guess. Are you good, Tim? Um, yeah, I've, I, I've, I've got a... I have my guess. Right, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? Okay, I'll go first. I think that you haven't got the Mass Effect helmet. Okay. That is also my answer because you're like a 22-year-old broke college student <laughs> and there's no way you spent $225 on a Mass Effect helmet. Whatever that translates to in pound sterling. I'm going to send you both the picture after this. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Stupid game. Yes, um, I used my university student loan money to buy that stupid helmet. <laughs> and it cost me double the money for the for the shipping price. Do you at least have the one that you can switch between blue and red lights, whether depending on whether you're a Paragon or a Renegade? I do. Okay. Do you ever wear it in public? I do not. Well, then why did you even buy it? Like, that's the kind of thing, like, you have to, like, wear out, like, give off, like, that big <laughs> energy. I just, I think it's just too cool not to have. I don't have many Mass Effect things. I wear the jacket out. I mean, to be fair, I do own the hoodie and the leather jacket. 
And I may or may not have used Tim's bonus code to get the Cerberus underwear. <laughs> nice. Thanks for that. Yeah, speaking of which, I don't know how much pull you have, but if the Bioware store ever had the Cerberus officer's jacket that you can get in Mass Effect 2, I would buy that the second, like the literal second <laughs> it became available. I shall, uh, I'll, I'll send them a message. I don't really have any pull at all. <laughs> but... Do you guys want to know what the lie was? I, uh, yeah. If, um, I'm it was the with... Ashley one, wasn't it? Because there's no way you haven't shot Ashley at least once, even if you could have saved her. I have never shot Ashley. Okay. I will take you at your word, because I have no other option, but I still smell shenanigans. Even when I've tried to do it, for some reason, I've never come up with the option. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but... I think you got have so many renegade points, haven't you? I don't know. Sorry, I only heard half of that. I said even when I try to do it, it just it never seems to come up as an option. The only way you can make it impossible to save Caden or Ashley is if you never go see them in the hospital and also Thane and Kirihi are both dead so that Kai Lang kills the Solarian counselor. Then Udina will doctor the footage to make it look like you killed the Solarian and then you have to kill them. Whether it's you or someone in your squad, you have to kill them. Otherwise, if you want to kill them, you have to pick a white dialogue choice and forego the speech check and just say, I'm going to shoot you just because I want to shoot you. Oh, okay. I know it's not solely if you don't visit them in the hospital, because I've, I've definitely done that and I've romanced them, picked up a romance from like Mass Effect 1, and still had the option to shoot them. Yeah, but at that point, you have to pick the one of the white dialogue choices. If you pick a Paragon, or if you pick a speech check, you'll always oh, pass. Yeah. You yeah. have to pick the white choice where it's just like, I don't care, I'm shooting you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, if you pick one of the speech checks, then you either talk them down or you... Um. Yeah, you're either polite or you're rude, but one way or the other, you talk to them. Yeah. Uh, so in Mass Effect 1, uh, you know the, the diplomat that you can meet uh, before you go up into the casino? Uh, and never give, give him the drugs that he tries to get you to buy. Oh, that uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I prefer the Nomad to the Mako. And the hand cannon is my favorite weapon. By hand cannon, do you mean Carnifex? Yeah. Okay. I know which one is true. I know one for sure is true. And now it's just, how silly do I think Tim is for which one do I think is the lie? <laughs> what was the first one? He doesn't uh, I... get the guy high. Yeah. So he can go talk to the Solarians. <laughs> I think I've got it. Okay, yeah, I think I'm 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 fairly confident I have it too. Okay, who's going to go first? Okay, hold on, real quick. Did you say for number one, you don't get the guy the drugs, or you do? I don't. I never give the diplomat the drugs. Okay, when you say you don't get him the drugs, do you get him the depressants instead, so he falls asleep, or do you just get him the placebos? Uh, no, I get him to to reevaluate re his life choices. 
we'll get cleaned up. Man, you really are a Boy Scout, aren't you? <laughs> drugs are bad, okay? Holy cow, you get South Park in the UK? <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. What is it? I'm surprised Peggy. Is it Peggy? Let's that get through because I mean, like, it's pretty, it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't watched it for years. Um. Okay. So. I'm leaning pretty strongly towards one, but I don't know how confident I am. I think the Carnifex hand cannon is a lie. Okay. See, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know how confident I am, but I'm just thinking, A, even if you hate the Mako, it's so hilarious that it's awesome. So no one would ever prefer the Nomad over the Mako. And B, even if, again... Like I've used this before, but even if you're the most paragony paragon ever, it's just too much fun to give that dude like clinical depressants when he thinks he's getting uppers and then he literally just passes out. Like that's just hilarious. So I'm gonna have to assume that you the lie is that you don't like the Carnifex. Ah, you're both wrong. I get a point. I get a point. Uh, no, the, the lie is I prefer the Nomad to the Mako. It's not true. The Nomad doesn't have a gun. Oh, I, I, like... thought, I thought <laughs> you said you liked the Nomad. No, I, yeah, I, the lie was I prefer the Nomad over the Mako. So you do like the Nomad, you just don't prefer it? Yeah. I prefer the, I prefer the Mako. Especially after the Legendary Edition when you've got all the, the Nomad's boosts that you can have. Well done, Tim. I mean, like, I just love how the Mako looks like it weighs like 20,000 pounds, but at the same time, it bounces around like it's made out of balsa wood. <laughs> if, the, if the Nomad had a gun, then it would be the best because the, the driving on it is, is really slick. But yeah, you just can't shoot anything, which it makes sense law wise because it's, it's not a military vehicle, but. Yeah, it's just quite disappointing. And the, the can cannon, I I prefer it because it, it feels more like a, like you're a you know, like a spy sort of thing. You can walk in there and just blast them away. Random fact, speaking of pistols, did you know it doesn't apply to the legendary edition because you can't get it that early. But if you play the original Mass Effect three, where like you get all the DLC guns right off the bat, if you take the Krogan Executioner pistol it is physically impossible to kill the ED bot. Like, if you have that pistol, you have to restart the game because you cannot kill it fast enough. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, that pistol is absolutely hilarious, but you cannot <laughs> kill Eva's body before it kills you if you have that pistol. I finally made it onto the leaderboard. Round of applause in post. <laughs> Let the peasants sing out. Okay, now I believe it is my turn. Okay, this one is a good one. I think this one might actually make you think a little bit. A, if I can't rally the crowd or get one of the two speech checks, in Tally's loyalty mission, I always give the admirals the data on what Rail was doing, even though Tally tells me not to. Um, B, on Omega in Mass Effect 2, 
I always sabotage the kid's gun so that he can't join the Archangel mission. And three. Ah, where are we? And three, on Freedom's Progress, I always give Vitor to Cerberus. I think that you'd always give Vitor to Cerberus. I think that's something that you'd always do. Especially if you're role-playing, you'd want for us to have that information. You wouldn't trust it to the Quarians just to take back. What was the first one again? The first one was, if I can't rally the crowd, and if I can't get access to one of the two speech checks, I always give the admirals the data on what Rail was doing with his experiments, even though Tally tells me not to. Um, knowing your affiliation to the Geth, I don't think that's the, I think that's a lie. Because the other one was, what was the second one? The second one was at the start of Garrus's recruitment, or the Archangel recruitment mission of Mass Effect 2, I always sabotage the teenager's gun so that he can't join the mission. Yeah, I think you always do that because you're, you've said before that you're not a monster. So you'd want, want the kid to go and get shot. I think that you're... Yeah. Yeah, I've got my answer. See, I'm fairly sure that he said that he always gives Vitor to Cerberus. And I don't know why, but something feels familiar about him saying that he would give the data to the to the council, to the to the um, Admiralty board. So, are we giving answers now? If you haven't any questions, then yes. Okay, got... I'm going. I'm going with number one. I'm going with sabotaging the teenager's gun. The lie, Craig is right, is number two. I all if I can't do one of you the speech checks, I always give the data just to expose how genocidal the quarians are. And obviously three was a gimme because yes, obviously I always give Vitor to Cerberus. But the second one, depending on the character, it's more it's mostly a fifty fifty. Sometimes just because of how gung ho he is, I'm like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever, charge. Just like how I am with what's his face on Samara's mission, like the Biotic God. But sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I mean, like he's just an idiot. I'm gonna break his gun just so he doesn't die. But that's more of like a how I feel in the moment kind of thing. The other two I always do though. Ah, I thought I knew you so well. I'm just that much more chaotic evil, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, chaotic neutral. Okay, I believe it's Craig, if you still have questions. I do, because I've added some as we've been talking. Oh, dramatic dun-dun-dun! So, one of my truths... One of my truths? No. <laughs> so, the first one... <laughs> so, this is the lie, then, is it? The first one could be a truth or it could be a lie. <laughs> I 
hate the Leviathan DLC. My second one is I have never reloaded a save. And that's due to a choice. And my third is my first mod was a Tally Romance mod. For the first game? For any of the games. Okay. Um, is the reason you don't like the Leviathan mod just because you think the Reapers were cooler if you didn't know where they came from, or is there something else going on there? I, yeah, I just think the mystery makes them more interesting. I think the wondering where they came from, and I just feel like I get what they were trying to do about making the ending make a bit more sense, give you a bit more information. But it just feels like it caused the same problem that the ending had, where it just over-explained things. And it felt like it actually caused a few more problems than it actually solved. Like, I don't know, like, they literally created an AI that destroys AI, and it believes the AI is the problem, and it's just like, well, then, why don't you see yourself as the problem? When you say that you've never reloaded a save, does that mean that you kind of play, like, in a permadeath kind of game? If you die, then you just restart from the beginning? It means that when I make a choice that I second-guess myself on, I don't reload a save. Right, okay. So you roll with your decisions, you mean? Yeah. But if you if you die in combat, you, you do reload. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a permadeath thing. So hypothetically speaking, if if the first time you ever got to Vermeer, Ashley killed Rex, and then five minutes later you got sniped by a Geth, and you reloaded before your conversation with Rex, would you intentionally get him killed again? just so that part would still be the same before you continued on from where you died? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, okay, so say, like, you have the conversation with Rex. Ashley shoots him in the back and kills him. Then you go on and start the mission, and you get killed by the Geth. And then you reload a save from before Rex died. Would you let Ashley kill him again just to keep that continuity going? I've never actually been in that situation. Like where I've died just straight after a choice like that. Okay. Um, out of left field, but when you say you didn't like the Leviathan DLC, do you, are you talking just generally speaking as a whole, or was there like a specific part you didn't like? Because like parts of it, I'll admit, kind of are counterintuitive to the plot, but like you can't deny it's almost like did you ever see Sherlock Holmes and the Hound of the Baskervilles? Where it's like you know there's no ghosts or demon dogs, but at the same time, just the thought that there might be is interesting like that kind of thing? I don't know if I sound like an idiot. There were 
very small aspects of it that I liked, like the etchings on the walls of the creatures that you think are actually Reapers, but they turn out to be Leviathan. I think parts of the build-up to meeting them are cool, and the mystery of wondering what they are. But, I don't know, just... I mean, even when you're defending your shuttle as um, Cortez tries to get it powered up again, that feels tedious. Yeah, well, I mean, like they kind of were—they kind of painted themselves into a corner. They had to do something before you jumped into the water. Yeah. Okay, I don't know about you, Tim, but I have my guess. Uh, yeah, I think I—I've got a good idea. Okay, my guess is that your number two is the lie. Because there is no way anyone has played all three games and never reloaded a save. No matter how hardcore of an RPG or you think you are, you reloaded a save at least once. I was actually going with the Leviathan thing, one. Like, like you say, I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I, I quite like the build-up, but the actual meeting of the Leviathan thing is a bit. So you're saying uh, you think? So you're saying you think I do like the Leviathan DLC? Yes. Because okay. I think I've heard you say before that you quite enjoyed it. I'm just saying, like, cool. regardless of what you think of it, how cool is it that you're literally speaking to, like, I don't know if God is the right word, but you're literally speaking to a being that is several orders of magnitude above what you are. That would be like you talking to, like, the bird, like, hanging out in a tree outside your window. Like, it was just so cool to see something, like, as omniscient and omnipresent as that. But, but like, done in a way that made sense. You guys want to know what what the lie is? I swear if we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the lie is that I hate the Leviathan DLC. Yeah. Oh, Tim's playing catch-up. <laughs> because I swear to you, I have never reloaded a save because of a choice. Yeah, I didn't think you... I, I thought that was true, to be fair. I, I, so you're telling um, me, like, the first time you played Mass Effect 1, Ashley killed Rex, and you didn't... Were like, you were like, I promised myself I'm never going to reload, but Rex just died. I'm cheating one time. Like, that never happened? I've I never, didn't do it. I've never gotten Rex killed by accident, so... Well, that's just the thing is, though, in like in the first game, you can get like you don't even have to try to get him killed. You can just be like trying to broker peace. But if you take too long, Ashley will just kill him anyway. Yeah, I've never taken taken too long. Well, you are clearly a better man than I, because I always tried to sit on the fence and make both sides happy in that conversation the first time. Well done, Tim. Okay. Uh, first one is, I think that ED should have stayed as the blue bubble and not had a body. Uh, Joker is one of the best crew members. And I prefer the SR blue version. SR2 blue version. What was that one about Joker? Uh, I think he's one of the best crew members. Why do you think... Like, why do you prefer Edie to not have a body? Because uh, it, to me, she's part of the ship. And I can't, 
personally get my head around her being having a body and being on the ship at exactly the same time. So to me, you know, if she was having a mobile platform, then she would leave the, her 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 processing power would have have moved to the mobile unit to use that rather than able to control the ship and the thing at the same time. My head just doesn't get around it. To be fair, she has quite an impressive ability to process stuff. Like, during the priority Cerberus mission, she crashes their servers by flooding them with seven zettabytes of porn. And I'm not sure if you know how big a zettabyte actually is, but, like, that's a lot of porn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't tend to take her out much. Um, I leave it on the on the um, on the ship in three. Is um, any but... of it because you don't like the fact that they just made her like like a gratuitous? Oh, look! Here's a sexy robot body girl. <laughs> like, was any of it that, or was it just like you like? Would you have felt the same way if she looked like a Batarian? Yeah, yeah, I quite liked it in two where she was she was the Normandy, and you know she could pop up in and around the ship, all right, fair enough. She tells you what the rooms do. You know, six hours later, you can still go, oh, what's this room for? I thought that was a bit silly, but um, I did like the fact that she was the ship. And that's I think that's how it should have stayed, really. I think there's even one mission where it pops up and they're like, you're on the ship and on the body. And she does say, yeah, I, I can be in two places at once. What was your number three again? Uh, I preferred the SR2 blue version. Okay, so that's just that one's just nonsense. Um, well, you got two okay, versions I think, of the I think SR2. I have an answer, you? Craig. Got, How are you? You've got the the Alliance blue version, or you've got the Cerberus. I'm just saying, yeah, there's but... a reason Bioware's store sells the white and yellow one, and not the blue and black one. If you buy the model. I'm I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Okay, this is either going to be like the greatest Hail Mary ever or it's going to bite me in the ass, but I'm saying number three is the lie. You like Edie and number three is just nonsense. <laughs> like there's no, there's no difference between, it's the SR2. It doesn't matter what color it's painted, it's still the SR2. Well, no, because the, the SR2, you've got different interiors, don't you? So you've got two versions of the same ship. Yeah, but it's still the same ship. The only difference is the cable management in the Alliance version sucks. <laughs> the Cerberus one was a lot more neat and tidy. Okay. But yeah, okay. number three is the lie. That's my answer. What was the first one? Um, I think that AD should have stayed as the blue bubble. I think that's a lie. Okay. Uh, so one of you is correct. And that would be Manning. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the uh, the blue version of the SR2. Yeah, it just looks like a nightmare. Like anyone who's <laughs> ever built a PC before knows how important cable management is, and it's like, I'm amazed Shepard doesn't die from breaking their neck just from like walking around the corner because there's just like gigantic wires everywhere, and beyond that, it's just you're literally just talking about a paint job. <laughs> to be fair, they didn't well, no, really... they, they move the rooms around as well, don't they? But yeah, they well, I mean, very slightly, but not really. 
they didn't really yeah. get time to finish the retrofits though as well but the, on you've got a full crew in there they should have done it so that as you progress through the game you see the ship getting repaired yeah that's so that true gives gives you a bit of a sense of of you know time passing well that's in the end also if you had kept kelly you wouldn't have needed to spend 25,000 credits to buy a vi to feed your fish <laughs> you would have had a person to do it a person who sleeps with you and then also agrees to feed your fish for you like if that's not a win win i don't know what is Okay, this one might be a bit of a gimme for you guys, but I think it's the most interesting of the six questions I have left. Um, so are you, you ready? Yep. Okay. Please find the lie. A, I always leave David with Gavin at the end of Project Overlord. B, I always bring Morinth on the Shadow Broker mission with Liara. And C, I always accept the council's offer to reinstate me as a specter in Mass Effect 2. Well, that's easy because you're already given us that answer. Oh, did I do the same thing twice? No, but you, when you were talking about one of your other answers, yeah, you always oh, said okay. that you okay. like to sh you like to shove it. <laughs> Tell them to shove it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> well, fine then. But whatever. There you go. You get an easy one. You just get you get to pick a one out of two. <laughs> Third one's a lie. Yeah, third one's a lie. Yeah, the Spectre thing's a lie because I always tell them to shove it. <laughs> you both get a point, and I probably should have been keeping notes of some of the off offhand comments I'd been saying because I just gave you a freebie. <laughs> Currently, do you guys want to know the scores? I think I only have two, so I'm assuming I'm in last place. Yes, unfortunately. Manning's got two, Tim's got three. And I've got Aunt Telefat's eight, but something like that. But it comes down to one more as to if you guys tie or if Tim places second. If we tie, I'll just throw in one of my bonus ones just to like settle it because I already have like five extra ones anyway. Whose goes it? Craig. Yes. One of mine is I, I don't care about Zaid. I picked Control on my first Mass Effect 3 playthrough. And another one of mine is I've never managed to get the Elusive Man to kill himself. Okay, I know the answer. I'm going to say I think it's the first one. I think you've told me before that you quite like Zaid as a a character. So I'm going to go with that one. Clearly the lie is number three. What? I've never managed to get this man to kill himself? Yeah, because I remember... I mean, I mean, <laughs> part of me thinks it might have been Tim, but I think it was you. But I know one of you hates Zaid. So I'm willing to bet it was you. And two is just too milk-toast fence-city. I think it's three because even though i almost always get to do it i feel like i'm not even 100 percent sure what you need to do to get that dialogue option but i know 
it is a little tedious. So I'm going to assume that you weren't smart enough to get the elusive man to shoot himself. Wait, so which one do you think is the lie? I think number three is the lie, because I don't think you got him to shoot himself. Okay, just to clarify, that one is I've never managed to get him to shoot himself. Oh, sorry. I'm an idiot then. Um, then number two is my answer, because I know you I know you like Zaid. And that was the same answer for you, Tim, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you're both wrong, because I don't care about Zaid. You don't even like the conversation he has with Samara when they're discussing art in the Citadel DLC? And no. then, like, even Samara's like, wow, you're, like, really smart and educated and this and that. And, like, Zaid is the only person that Samara shows any interest in. <laughs> oh. See, I, I, I hardly ever took Zaid out, and I'm pretty sure you said said to me on one of the uh, the live streams that he's, he's reading, unless I was thinking somebody else. I think that was Manning. No, that was me, because I love nah. My all-time favorite Mass Effect 2 squad is Zaid and Jack, because they complement each other so well. You give Zaid a half-decent sniper rifle and let him throw inferno grenades all over the place while Jack explodes people with her shotgun and shockwave. I mean, like, they just, that's the ultimate Mass Effect 2 team. Also, it hurts me a little bit that you guys forgot my story about getting the worst Mass Effect ending. <laughs> Unless you got Liara vaporized by Harbinger, you did not get the, the worst Mass Effect ending. I did get her vaporized. Okay, because I was going to say, like, you would not believe how many people, even though the game's like 45 years old, how many people don't even know that you can technically kill Liara in the third game? I've got one more. Is it Mike? Mago is the last one, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, I lost three crew members on the suicide mission the first time round. I shot Morden on my first playthrough. I shot him in the back. And I think Seren is a great villain. Were you doing a Renegade playthrough when you shot Morden? Uh, I was, yeah. No, that's a... He said Renegade, but he meant Paragon. <laughs> okay, this one is really tough. I have an answer, but I'm 100% not confident in it. What are the three companions you lost? Oh, blimey. Actually, don't say the names, because if you say the names, I'll know if you're lying or not, because I know how and when the game picks who dies, depending on, like, upgrades you have. So if you tell me the three people who died, I could almost guarantee you I could tell you if you're lying or not. Well, it's, I can't remember anyway, because it's not that long ago. You're looking like 2000 and what, 10? 13 years. Remember, it was, it was three crew members. Because I was gutted. Okay, I have my answer. Yeah, I have my answer. Okay, who's going first? I'll go. Okay, so I'm saying one is the lie. Because A, I know you love Saren. B, is also true and so that only leaves you lost three people and the fact you can't even remember who they were makes me doubly sure that that that's the lie 
I think that you do love Saren. I'm pretty sure you said that. And I think you did lose three, but it was genuinely a long time ago. And you're an old man, Tim. You forget things. <laughs> I'm an old man. And so I don't believe that you would shoot Morden in the back on your first playthrough or do a Renegade playthrough in your first playthrough. So I think the shooting Morden in the back is a lie. No, no, no. Uh, you're getting it wrong, Craig. Shooting Morden in the back is the Paragon decision. It's not Renegade <laughs> at all. Um, Manning is right. What? Yeah, I managed the, my very first time. I managed to save everybody by pure chance. Wow. Okay. Like I knew three oh, was wrong right from look. the get go because I defy you to find someone who hates Saren. You could be the ultimate goody two shoes to end all goody two shoes, and you still like Saren, or at least respect him. Anyway, do you guys want to hear the final scores? Yep. I would love to know how bad I lost. <laughs> oh. I came in first with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight points. And both of you tied for second place with three points. Yeah, not too bad then. A little bit of a comeback. That kind of sounds embarrassing because I'm pretty sure I got like the first two right. So that means I only went like <laughs> one for nine after the fact. Yeah, if you're listening to this episode, how many did you get right? Let us know. Right, well, thank you all for joining us for episode 13 of the Lazarus Project podcast. And again, once you can join us in the Ploppy54 gaming Discord, links will be in the show notes. Um, and you please, again, feel free to join, leave comments, leave suggestions, leave anything you want. We're always looking for feedback. And hopefully you enjoyed the slightly different version of what we normally do for our episodes. And again, this has been Manning, a.k.a. at that Cerberus guy on all my social medias, all one word. And of course, I've been joined, as always, by Tim. Thank you for listening. And where can anyone find you, Tim? Uh, at Ploppy54 on pretty much all the socials. Okay, and of course, Craig. You can find me on Twitter at Craig and his Mac. Okay, and again, thank you all again once more for listening, and we will eagerly look forward to seeing you in the near future for episode 14, whatever that turns out to be. Thank you again, and once more, thank you all for listening, and have a good night. See you next time. Thank you very much. Speaking of podcasts, my cleaning podcast has got 36 lessons. Oh, are you doing a podcast as well as a YouTube channel? Yes, I am. I don't want to, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no uh, desires to go bald. I like my luscious, long, flowing locks. I have no desire to look like a mage, then. You have no idea how luxurious it feels, like, after a long day's work, where, like, you get home and you just, like, let your hair down and you can just, like feel your hair cascade down your neck it's like the most luxurious feeling in the world I'm sure you could do a very impressive shampoo advert thank you for attending my TED talk on long hair and also um, Tim 
I'm not sure how you'll do it, but I will give you a $5 super chat tomorrow if you somehow find a way to work in the word bestiality into this episode. Bestiality into this episode. Because I feel like Craig wanted to keep it in in the last one, but I don't know if he had the spine for it. I feel like he might have edited it out. <laughs> so wait in here. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I always let Kelly sleep with the Baron. What's his name? Urz on Tachanka? Well, I might get lucky. Tim just might cut out the right moment. So, <laughs> Please don't say I might get lucky right after I just said something about sleeping with the Baron. 